Welcome to the Failed Podcast, where we explore the world of failure. Each episode, we invite guests to share their story and the lessons that they have learned. I am your host, Sam Escavel, and thank you for listening. And now we want to welcome our guest, Sandra McLaughlin. How are you doing? Welcome to the Failed Podcast. How's your day going so far? It's going great. Sam, it's so good to see you. It's been a while. In a while, but but then I've seen you on and off for the last forty years. So yeah, that's interesting. In this in this uh, interview, for the listeners, um, Sandra and my dad have uh, worked together for I think thirty plus years, almost forty years. 40 I don't know years. if it, yeah. And uh, and so she got to know me whenever I was little. I don't know how little, but you know, my memory born, born, born yes. my whole life. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of like a, this is a first for me. And so if y'all see me a bit uh, nervous, then it's because I am, um, because this is something that I never thought was going to happen. I know we've had, you know, I've had conversations with you and, and Cheryl and Mark, and, you know, we've had a lot of memories with Christmas parties with the company and, and we've just seen our family families grow and become bigger and there's a lot there but people don't have the opportunity to interview someone that has spent that much time uh our, our families are very intertwined in so many ways and and here we are so to say that i'm nervous is an understatement i i think i just i feel like i just want to say thank you first of all for accepting the the invite and i hope that I can do your story justice. And here on the Failed Podcast, we focus on failures and challenges because I've had a lot of them in my life. And until I started to share them, I realized like the lessons that are in those failures and challenges Mm -hmm. for me Mm -hmm. and everything that I've done in my journey from, you know, teaching and inspiring young people. I didn't realize that that was my fuel. And so that's why I'm on this journey. And that's why this podcast exists. And so this is the first time that I'm going to ask you some questions that are like a, a bit personal, but they're for people to learn. Mm-hmm. And so I'm interested in your story. I know a lot of it, but it's just from my perspective. But we're just going to start in your early years. Where where were you born? What was your home life like? What are some early memories you have whenever you were young oh sammy thank you for having me um this is fun this is so neat to be with you thank you um and knowing so much about you and your family and again we intertwined for the last 40 years yes um this is my first podcast so um it's exciting and I didn't want to, I don't want to fail you in doing this. <laughs> You're going to do just fine. So anyway, um, yes, I started, uh, I was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, I have three siblings, four siblings, three sisters and one brother. And great parents came from a great family. Um, there was, I had just the best, best childhood. What? Well- if you had to describe your parents and as far as like how they shaped you, because to me, like a, the way a, a mom shapes their children or a dad, it's very different. Right. My Like for me, my mom was very loving and present. And then my dad was very strict and to the point. And they're just I got different things from both of them. 
if the, if you could sum it up, what did you what did you gain from your mom that you're thankful for today, and what did you gain from your father that you're thankful for today? I think the same as you. You know, our mom's so loving, um, always 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 supportive, um, stay at home moms or mine was, and so always um, had her there when I needed her. And my dad off at work, very committed, um, stressed because you know raising five children. Yeah. Um, but also they let me grow and I didn't know that there was any, um, real boundaries with what I couldn't do. Hmm. I was, um, yes, I was a female, but I didn't really, there there weren't boundaries that only females do this. Yeah. Um, They let me go and do what I, what I wanted to do and encouraged it. And they never put, a, you know, any racial, you know, that you're Hispanic and a woman, that you can't do this. That it just go and do it. Go be who you are. What were some of the first instances that you saw that, like, looking back now, and you're like, man, I, I shouldn't have been in that room or that conversation. But because the confidence my parents gave me, I was in the, I was in the, I was doing this or I was doing that. Oh, so many. So, so, so many. Um, I mean, number one. Being in the roofing industry, yeah. Uh, back when, 40 years ago, there were no women in the industry. Yeah. I was the only one, especially sitting at tables. Um, I remember my first uh, bank board. I was asked to be on a bank board, and I really didn't want to do it, but I knew I needed to do it for mainly myself, but mm-hmm. for women, for Hispanics. and. Yeah. The thing about it is, is I didn't, well, I realized, but I didn't realize that I was checking off two boxes for that board. Yeah. And back then it was a much bigger deal than I think it is today. Yeah. Um, so I went and I didn't like it at all, but I knew that I'd have had to go every, every month that was just important for me to be there. And, but that was a good lesson and it wasn't like you say failed, but every failure is a success. Mm -hmm. And that was this wasn't a failure by any means, but this was just one of those things to go out and um, sit there, even though I was uncomfortable and I was the only woman. And But I learned a lot. I made great friends out of that board. And um, once again, it was a great a success. And so when we, we grow up, we're with our folks for a long time. And then finally, we start branching out, whether it be in sports, coaches, teachers, there's people who have an impact on us when we're young what mentors or individuals were that that you can recall now that you're so thankful for and that maybe what how they instilled what they instilled in you you want to instill to younger people today you know um when i was younger i i I think it was mainly my parents that were were there and were, were the people that i watched um as I, as I grew, I think it was probably, you know, my ex-husband pushed me. He helped me to, to be into these, uh, to be in the industry and to step up and to do the things that I was doing. Um, so I had that support, but then again, and, and it isn't the same as it is today. Back then, uh, you know, I got married at 20, at 18. We started the business at 21. Wow. You know, at that point, maybe we were just a little bit arrogant. 
or we so much self-confidence or we just didn't we weren't smart enough to think that yeah. things could go wrong sometimes it's good not knowing oh it was so much better the, the more if, you know the more it scares you to get into it we would have analyzed it way way too much yeah if we were any smarter than we were luckily we weren't that we didn't it was a quick pretty we talked about it we went through the ups and downs but then we figured you know what we could do it and this was the right thing to do and um again i'm glad that we didn't overanalyze it so you you were so young 18 you got married mm -hmm. i mean you're barely becoming who you are and you start a business and then you're married how did that affect your identity growing up because it's almost like you have to put yourself aside and then now you're a business owner and you're a wife. How how did that create a, a dynamic that like brought challenges into your life? Like, did you know who you were there or you just had to say, you know what, business and wife. And then you just move forward. Once again, at that age, we didn't analyze it like yeah. this generation analyzes <laughs> yeah, everything yeah. to where they talk themselves out of everything. We just did it. And. The, the thing about it is, is getting married at, well, this is the, think about this. In 1978, graduated from high school. Yeah. 1979, got married. Wow. 1981, had my first child. 1982, started the business. 1983, had my second child. Man. So by the time I was 30, we had, we were almost 10 years in the business. Yeah. Two children, um... It, by the it, it all started at the same time. Oh, uh -huh, yeah. It, and that's the thing. That was the arrogance of, of us <laughs> is we thought we could do it all. Yeah. And um, somehow it – so there was – I didn't think about myself. <laughs> it just was I, – I, well, I guess I was thinking about myself and this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. How does it feel though, looking back and like everyone is so like self – focus now but sometimes you do have to look outside of yourself to accomplish certain things there was two major roles you know being a businesswoman and being a mom at that time and you kind of had to do those things and sometimes you know for for mothers for women that are like for my daughter i want to instill in her like hey be a go-getter like there's going to be plenty of reasons to keep you from doing what you want to do but just step into it but that's a sacrifice how do you look at that sacrifice now? Because sometimes we look back and we say, well, why did I do that? But it makes sense now. What would you have told yourself? Would you have talked yourself out of it today looking back? No, or if I if I could tell any of them, because I talked to so many men and women and they're analyzing their lives too much. And yeah. they're a little bit too selfish. Yeah. And they're going, oh, but what about me time and my time? And you know what? I'm now at my age, I can have me time. Yeah, I could have my time, but I'm it, it's a whole different level mm -hmm. than me time at 21 or yeah. in my 20s. Yeah. Me time today is, a, you know, and, and in your 20s, you're you're strong. You should be working. You should you could hit it hard. Yeah. And you're you're physically and mentally able. You should be physically and mentally able to do it. Yeah. Then having to take that that your 20s off and find yourself or take which, you know, I think it's it's good if that's what you choose, but you might be wasting some time too. Yeah. Because, you know, you could do that on the back end, but um, with a little bit more money. Where, where did Where did this drive come from? Like, I see you and I'm like, 
man, Sandra is driven, like a, a bit intimidating to me at times. Like you have done a lot of business. You have talked to a lot of people. You know, whenever someone talks about growing a business, you know what that is now. Multiple times you have done it with different businesses. Where did, where did it, was it like a, a sport? Was it a sports figure? Or what was it that just said, I'm confident enough? And, and I know you said, you know, I just had to do it. But when, when did it start making sense where it was teachable, where you're like, I'm, I'm doing this and that for this reason? You know what? None of my jobs, none of my businesses have been work. These are all my hobbies. I've just had fun with everything I've done. And maybe that's why they've been successful. Yeah. Because I have fun with what I'm um, creating, building, um, the people that I'm working with. I just, and I, I enjoy what we're doing. Um, and I guess that's, you know, why it's, it, it, it has worked. In your, in your early years of business, is there anything that sticks out like a pivotal moment or challenge that your business went through that shaped the way you do business now or the way that you think now, how, like how did you handle it and what did you learn from it? Maybe the first, within the first 10 years of, of, of going. Our very first, it was right, it was in 1982. We had just started the business, the roofing company. We were a subcontractor and we were doing a job here in Fort Worth. It was a two-story flat roof and I was pregnant with Cheryl my second child, I had a two-year-old, and Ronnie was up on a roof, and he's showing somebody a detail or showing the roof, and he, back then, they used to run the felt over the roof, but didn't turn it over. Yeah. And he walked right off, and he walked, it was a two-story, right onto concrete. Luckily, there was a tree that kind of stopped a little bit of the fall, but he still fell, really bruised up. Luckily, he was in his early 20s, 22, 23, and um, really banged up bad, lost a couple teeth, and was, you know, just, that was a hard, so so that happened, and not really knowing where to go, because we're new to Fort Worth, um, go to the hospital and see where what's going on with him, and I'm pregnant. Well, you know, eventually he does heal. He heals well because he's young. Um, but then I have a preemie baby. Mm. And that was hard. Just, um, and you know, we had health insurance, but we, we just started business. So yeah. we, we bought whatever we could afford, which yeah. wasn't that great. But at least we had something, but it still left us with a large, large bill back then. Um, so there was just a lot of stress. Yeah. And then she was, you know, Cheryl was taken from Arlington Memorial to Cook's Children. She was there till she was five pounds, which took 18 days. Just a lot of those that I just thought, you know what, maybe these are the, this is the test that God's saying, yeah. if you can handle this, if you have, if you believe that we'll take care, that I'll take care of this situation, you, you deserve to be in business. Yeah. Um, what are, what are some things that you learned about yourself being being a mom at that time and and being a businesswoman? What what did you when you looked in the mirror, what did you realize about yourself that you didn't know? Um that we have a lot of strength. We yeah. could, we could do a lot of stuff. Um 
you know, we can, we get up early, we hit it hard all day, and we get up a couple times in the middle of the night, and we just take care of everything. Yeah. And we can. God doesn't give us more than we can't handle. Um, but yeah, those were, those seemed to be tough years. Um, we were so broke, so, so broke. I mean, uh, I, I didn't know whether it was going to, we were going to be able to make it. Yeah. But we didn't overanalyze it either. We just kept on our heads down and kept on working. And um, we had great employees like your dad, who was our number one first employee, um, that just kept things going. And we all just rolled our sleeves up and went to work the next day. So whenever, you know, someone, you know, is broke, you know, for lack of a better term, there's a lot of things that we have to learn and do because of that circumstance. What, what can you recall? What are some lessons that you learned from those days when, you know, money was tight that you still are thankful for today? And maybe, maybe it shows up, you know, every now and then, you know, what are some, some lessons that came from that when you, when you look back? Hmm. Well, you know what? We were always broke. I mean, we were broke, but we were, that was really, really broke. Um, uh, it was, are you ready to really fulfill this dream of owning a business? Were you willing to um, make some serious sacrifices? Yeah. Um, could you do it? Do you have the backbone? Mm. Um, and Well, okay, so you were already thinking and dreaming and of, of doing business and growing it to a certain level. So I'm going to give you this soliloquy and then I want you to see, I want to see if you have something like this in your background. So my mom when she was little living in Mexico, dirt floors, like you know, you said broke, but that's American broke. She was like yeah. Mexico yes, broke. So exactly. it's it's so bad. Total different story. Yep. She would sit in her bed and she said she told me once she goes, "Sam, I had a dream of speaking and she didn't know nothing about technology. She said, my voice was traveling through the air. She goes, and I remember that. She goes, but I, I had no clue what that meant because of what was accessible to her. And then when my parents came over here to America and she was a little bit older, she started attending a church. And that's where her radio career started. And her pastor couldn't make it. And he sent her to cover for her. And that's like this just idea when she was little became a reality mm -hmm. and she she connected it later like she talked to me about this 20 30 years after that um but there was that connection there that was just kind of outside of her mm -hmm. but it was in her and it finally came true and then she ended up doing radio for like 30 plus years mm -hmm. is there is there something like that whenever you look at yourself that you knew this is what, where I'm going to end up. This is why I'm made the way that I'm made or think the way that I think. Um, I mean, even through high school, I always, I'm, I'm the worker. I'm the one that you can count on. Uh, and I still am, but that I, I just knew that with my hard work, I was going to, be able to do whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. But the other thing too is I didn't know what a business was. I came from a family where my dad worked for the government. It wasn't running his own business. So this was brand new. So I didn't have anything or anybody to compare that to. Um, 
so that that's the other thing is just kind of um, I guess Ronnie, my ex-husband's dad, you know, just seeing that they had a little bit more having their own business, um, but it was harder. It was harder than the regular paycheck, the the secured income, the secure benefits, because you have to owning your own business. You have to that all you create that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't automatically come with. So people, you know, when we're facing failures and challenges, we have a hard time making decisions. So the more failures that someone has, the harder it is to make the next decision or take the next risk or the next step. And that's kind of what hinders people from chasing their dreams because there's a few roadblocks along the way. So as a successful businesswoman, how do you tackle tough decisions? And can you share maybe an approach or insight of how you handle critical decisions now from all the experiences that you've had? What I've learned more than, I mean, and I had to learn to trust it is your gut. Mm. You know, when your gut says yes, when your gut says no, when it's a maybe, that's probably a no. Um, But for a long time, I didn't trust. I'd kept analyzing, but I'm pretty, I'm really quick on decisions, especially if I listen to my gut. Yeah. Um, but I think it's if you can get to that point where you can listen to your gut and then go with it. it can you recall an instance where there was maybe two sides to a decision and you had to decide, right? And and you and it was going to be a long term decision, maybe like a, you don't we don't need specifics, but maybe something a little more so people can hear it and be like, this is how her mind processes decision making. Uh, you know, the thing that um, I learned in being in business for 40 years is 99% of your decisions can be changed. Mm-hmm. You can make a change. You, you can say, yes, let's go for it. But then you, you go, you know what? It's not turning out right. Let's go ahead and make some adjustments or go left or go right. Yeah. You don't always have to stay in that okay this is the way we're going to do it and this is the only way mm. um be be okay be flexible be okay to 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 change it up if need be so with all of this happening around you throughout the years what are some challenges that you kind of had to face that have made you better today whether it be dealing with a new company, dealing with other, like just men in the industry, you being a woman and stepping into these boardrooms where maybe they weren't used to it. What were some of those challenges? And did you ever like kind of say, man, maybe I, maybe I don't belong here. And what did you do to overcome that? Maybe it wasn't that, maybe it was something else, but what's some challenges that you face in the past 40 years that are just like, uh, that would help someone that's watching? Um, there's been, a, you know, of course, being in, when you think of roofing and then trash and then industrial real estate, it's all male dominated yeah. industries. There's very few women. Even today, there's, we're finally seeing, and which is awesome. But back when there were very few, very little. Um, and I think what I did to those industries and to our businesses were bring a feminine touch. Mm. Um, I'm still very, I seem like a masculine because I really, 
I, I have to deal with more men. But I think um, a little bit of a feminine touch has always helped our businesses. Um, one of the hardest things that I think we, that I've ever gone through was when we had a, um, a van of 12 guys in a 15 passenger van mm -hmm. that went to Memphis, Tennessee to do a job. They had finished it. They um, decided to, they finished it on Saturday. They were gonna drive home on Sunday. They were coming home and they had stopped for coffee and breakfast, get gas, and they were coming back. And um, the driver just looked down, the, 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 it was a rounded highway, and he looked down to get his coffee and just didn't see a sweeper truck, mm -hmm. abandoned sweeper truck there, and he slammed into it. Um, we lost three guys, three men at the site, and everybody was in the hospital. It just, even today it's hard. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel because I obviously I remember that, that moment and it impacted the whole Empire family. I, it makes you reanalyze. It makes you ask a lot of questions when something like that happens, especially because there was, a, you, you know, everyone knows each other really well uh, during that that time at Empire. What? How did that? What questions are? I mean, there was some challenges that you went through at that. How did that? How did that make you better? How, how did? How were you able to continue going because setbacks like that? Uh, for a lot of instances, it's a stop. Like it, it, it can miss with your head. It can miss with your business. It can miss with so many things. What were some of the big? And I'm not. I'm not trying to sound like, like I'm insensitive. But what were some yeah. of the lessons that came out of that as a, 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 as a business owner, a mom, a friend? What did it change in you? Because that that's oh, it, that's life changing. It totally life-changing and um you know you get uh we we had a lot of advice from attorneys and insurance companies don't talk to families don't be there to, and that was just not the way we hmm. roll so we were very very involved in everybody's life and um you know the fear of do we have enough insurance to take care of three families um, so it was just, it was, a, it was a long process, um, learned a lot through, um, you know, dealing with attorneys and insurance companies. And even when we went to mediation, um, I drove two wives to mediation, Yeah. Uh, you know, because they are family Yeah. and didn't want any deal to be cut until everybody was at the table and everybody got what... Mm they needed and they deserved and um so that was just part of the deal um and then uh, it took a long time to even talk without crying yeah and then you know you know you just wonder is this can can the company survive can we keep not only financially uh, or can we ever get insurance again uh can we keep the morale up um but we did, and and it worked out. But it was ducking and swinging every day. 
What's the what's the self talk? How did it change? Like, because that's a, from one day to the next, and then the months and years ahead dealing with it. What was the self talk like? Like at you know at the worst, what was that self talk? And then how did you come out of it and say you you know I just have to step up and I have to handle business. But what was the hardest that you were on yourself during that time? Well, it was um, that was definitely a point where there was it was nothing about me or my family. Yeah, it was how it was taking care of others, and that that went on for a couple of years. Um, but you know, I even thought I, I can't even speak anymore, so I did Dale Carnegie classes to try to speak again. And of course I cried every class mm -hmm. and I got a pen every week. You know? yeah, so I yeah. won, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which was silly, but, um, what were the biggest lessons that, that came from that? Cause we always, uh, obviously like in, in every moment, enjoy the people that you love, you know, every, uh, make every, every second count, like be intentional. We, we get those things, but I just feel like, when it's that personal, when it's that long, when you have to deal with it day in and day out, like there's a different, it, it, it creates a new gear inside of you. Did it, do, can you identify what you learned at that time? Why are you better today after going through a tragedy like that? I think you just get, you're, you're more caring. You know it can happen in a second. Um, but not only that you're, you're losing people, um, and the families and the kiddos that are left behind. But, um, you know, is, is this business going to survive? And can I keep this business? Can I get keep this business going for these other hundreds of, because I never, ever say men. I always say families. Yeah. You know, because <clears throat> if we shut down, it affected your family. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that accident affected your family, affected every family at Empire. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just, um, I, I felt like I just really had to buckle down and, well, all of us just had to buckle down and, and keep things together. And we all had to just get closer and, and help each other out more. And so in your journey, you're obviously scheduling your time and phone calls and meetings and paperwork. I, I can't even, it, it's a ton of stuff. When it comes to time management, because I feel like whenever we're speaking to maybe future leaders or maybe we're motivating like my daughter, these young ladies right now, they're going to have to deal with time management, whether it be a crisis, whether it be just building a business or being a mother. What have you learned about managing your time and getting the most out of it? Because there's not enough time in the day. So what do you do? What have you, what advice could you give us about time management? There was a time when I was at some kind of a business function all of the time. Every night, every weekend, I was, there was something going on to where I was burning the candle at both ends mm. and it was not good for anybody, especially myself. Yeah. And I had no time for my family. I had no time for me. And then I, I really broke it down and I said, okay, no more. I, Eight o'clock on Monday, the business has me till noon on Friday. And then from then on, you know, noon and weekends was just for the people that I love. And um, which includes me taking time for myself yeah. and for my family. So as a mom, 
you obviously didn't have a lot of time, but now you're a grandma. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you're thankful uh, that you're like, man, I didn't get to do it because I see my parents do it with like with my daughter. They're just like, I'm just like, really? Like, you're just that good (laughs) to her. I remember when I was little, dad, you know, or mom. Well, what are some things that you're just that, that just make you smile that you have the opportunity when you spend with your grandkids? How has that made you a better person? Well, you know, the the beauty with grandchildren is you don't have to dis- – you're, you're not disciplining. You're not doing the day-to-day mm. hard stuff that parents are doing, yeah. um, which is the greatest thing about being a grandparent. And <laughs> you just get the, the love, the, the the hugs and the sitting and talking to them and just listening to them. And you because of our age, we know that it goes so fast. Mm. And so you just, you know, you get to take that time to just spend, and I wish I could spend more time, excuse me, more time with them. But even now they have their own schedules. Yeah. They're They're busy, busy. So all these years, what do you think, what defines you now? Like, what are you most proud of about yourself when you, when you look in the mirror today? Good question. Um, you know, I'm most proud of, of course, my children. I really, really, I, I really, really like them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, their their kids. Um, and I, I think, what I've worked hard to do is try to be the best person I could be. Yeah. Is you know kind and um, and sometimes I don't get there and sometimes I you know but I work hard at it um, and I've gone through so much over the forty years that it teaches you um, so many yeah some tough stuff that uh, you didn't think you could, you would go through. And, you know, I, I, I didn't, I, I thought I'd always be married and I'm not, I'm divorced. I, I wanted that marriage to last and it didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked hard at it, it just didn't work. Um, so those are failures, but with that, it's a huge success. I, you know, I got my, I have my children and I have a business. I had businesses with them. Um, and he's a, a good friend, but you know, there's, there's, with life, you just get thrown all kinds of things. So when you hear the word failure, it obviously has its own definition in, in, in the dictionary. But when you hear it or go through it, how how would you describe it? I think failure equals success. You know, you have to go through it and know what. No one's exempt. Everybody's going to get their share. Um, but it's how you handle it, how you grow from it, what you um, what you make out of it. Yeah. But it's hard. But you have to walk through it, and you have to learn, learn something from it. What advice would you give to uh, a young person right now watching this that, they just had a failure right now, and it's it's heavy on them, and they got to. Find some kind of encouragement for tomorrow. 
to keep going what advice would you would you give us you know what it it hurts yeah but you know what it doesn't it's it's a matter of time if you just work through it it it's you're going to look back and say well it wasn't that bad and boy i learned this this and this um don't beat yourself up get a good night's sleep pray um it seems like slowly every day gets better yeah mm -hmm. so i have uh some some quick rapid questions that we're going to finish with but i just wanted to take this time because and this is a little bit outside of the of the normal but is there anything that comes to mind as far as knowing my family knowing myself because me sitting here interviewing it's you know it, it's an honor to really to do it because i have so much love for your family i'm so thankful um, because y'all have always been there. Y'all have done so much for us and so much for my dad and my mom. I, I can't even begin to say thank you, but I'll start by saying thank you for everything that y'all have done. And just till now, when you see my brother, his family, and me, and we have a younger brother, and we're, you know, he's working on life, but like the results are showing itself in us. I have a family, I have a daughter. You know, we're doing it. And it, I, I don't know. I just wanted to say thank you, but give you an opportunity just to share. Or maybe if there's a, a question that you might have. Um, oh, um, you know what? Number one, and I know you know it, but you have the best parents. Thank you for saying that. And, and, you know, and, and if you are watching this, you're probably wondering, where is that emotion coming from? But um, like my dad started with Ronnie and it was like blood, sweat and tears. Like if you like, yeah. it, it was work. And and I know the things that uh, my dad has done for the company. I know about his worth work ethic and then the it's work over the top the work over the top you know you think of the word perfection and it has so it has this weight on it because everyone's like don't be a perfectionist because you're going to be disappointed you're never going to reach it but I, I can say confidently that my dad uh, was a perfectionist you know obviously his day on his days on the roof and his, his prime or way behind him but I remember those days and I remember the, the what the guys would say what Ronnie would say about his quality and execution of work and and those are the lessons that um, my dad gave me but not directly but through the people around him and I think that that's the best compliment is whenever someone else speaks highly of you not just you speaking of, of yourself mm -hmm. and so but he developed all that there like he grew up oh your dad I remember um, not only was he great out in the field and could do anything and was so committed and long hours were nothing um, he just was a work an animal workhorse and yeah. just unbelievable and the support of your mom she just, you know, I don't, and that's the other thing is I don't know that couples could do it if you don't have each other's support. Yeah. And your parents had it and they still support each other yeah. so, so well. But when we converted from paper to computers, oh, yeah. 
It was amazing. I'd go up on the weekends, and your dad was there at the computer just practicing. <laughs> write everything. <laughs> what not, what letter? He would write it down and go step by step. Why am I do? I have no clue. I, these are the steps. But he's doing it. He did it. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I was like, you know what? These guys can do. He can do anything. This man can do anything. So that's why I'm. No, he has been. He's the the, the a pillar at Empire, um, and your mom. Without all her prayers, what would we have done? <laughs> well, you know? my mom talks to me about, because there was a long stretch there where she would make uh, lunch for my dad daily, like, mm -hmm. and she would make food for Ronnie. She would send, say, I'm sending this for Ronnie so the guys can eat. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he would come over. And I, my memory doesn't serve me well, but my mom would say he would come over to eat. And, you know, because my mom's always been a, a great mm -hmm. cook. But they, there were so many connections um, with food and and talking and and you know it's uh -huh. it's crazy because and maybe one day I'll, I'll be able to interview ronnie and my dad and stuff but you know they're they're whenever i hear about their relationship like it was not easy like it comes with challenges and i love that they still made it through and that's how the greatest lessons are learned are through challenges it is an easy street it, it's tough and and they did it and my dad is a different man now in a lot of his life lessons obviously they were gained when he was young he worked out in the field and stuff with his dad mm -hmm. but he learned so much being at empire like he's grown so much um that sometimes me as a son i overlook it just because he's so busy and so am i but the times that i've talked to him he shares stories but sam all of us grew so much we were all so young i mean we we're early 20s because your parents are the same age as myself and ronnie and uh we all we didn't know empire was going to be empire yeah we thought that was going to we we're going to have two crews and we we're going to do a little bit of roofing <laughs> we didn't know it was going to be a monster well, well the name would say otherwise <laughs> yes. i mean you named it empire it's almost like uh -huh. you were foreseeing something uh -huh. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. No, we didn't know better. Yeah. I mean, none of us knew that this was going to grow or morph into what it did. But it did because all of us worked so hard and were open to new things. And uh, we were we were not good at staying stagnant. Yeah. We wanted to grow. We wanted to to be better. Everyone. I'm and I, I'm including your dad. I'm. He was. He was right there with us, saying, yeah. "Okay, what are we going to do next? Let's." Uh, what's the next big thing and and then it's just it's just it's nice that we all have grown up and then mark and cheryl are adults they have their family and i've got to spend time with both of your kids and mm -hmm. we've talked and we've had friendships at different times in our lives but there's friendships there and we we've shared moments together and th even that to me was it's not easy. It wasn't automatic, you know, no. because from my perspective, growing up, like, hey, we're just my dad just works there. Like, but we got we got love. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so and I just I just want you to know that we were aware of it, like that we weren't looked down upon like y'all have always received this well. And I remember the times going to to your home. I remember going like to the lake house and being invited to things, you know, not, and I'm not getting shade on anyone else. Cause I know it's a big company. It's a lot of families there, but I felt like, you know, like God had favor over us through y'all. Mm -hmm. And I was able to, you know, occasionally I would walk into your offices and those moments would stick out. And I'm like, this is, this is good. But I had no understanding 
of it. Like I had no clue what I was looking at. I didn't know what the journey of, of being successful or having businesses was, but I do remember here we're in this building. Now we're in this building. Now there's more trucks. Now there's more buildings. Now there's this. Now my dad's getting promoted. Now my dad, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. I saw it yep. and it imprinted it in me. Like, and I just, I just admire y'all as a family, but your journey has inspired me and I've been, and I've had a front role. Mm -hmm. um, and until now, I, with this, me and you sitting down here, I feel like, well, there you go. I have, I've had the, uh, this is like the first really in-depth, in-depth conversation that I've had with you. And I'm, um, you know, 40 something. <laughs> I'm 60 something. <laughs> I don't give yeah. the, I don't give the exact number. There's no need uh -huh. for that. And, um, but do you, do you remember? And, and if I have to stop, you tell me, okay. Cause I'm okay. Now, now I'm just like kind of excited, but do you remember the early years of, of Sam? Because you, you don't call me Sam, you call me Sammy. Uh -huh. um, yeah. Do you remember another, like the, oh, yeah. my dad would tell you, yeah. right? Uh -huh. What, what's a funny, or what there do you was, remember? There was a lot of prayers. There yeah. was a lot of crying. <laughs> there was Sammy, he's going, not going straight. Yeah. He's yeah. having some trouble. Um, but I think, you know what? We cried and we prayed over all four, all of our children. Yeah. You know, all five of you. We just, um, we wanted only the best for you guys. And we'd share those stories and we'd talk to each other and we'd pray about you guys. Um, Man, life is, life goes by in a flash. But, it but does, I'm thankful. It goes fast. It but goes I, but fast. I'm thankful. I, I wish you uh, health and many more years and uh, much success for all your businesses and success for well, your there's family. There's not going to be that many more businesses for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning to say no. Yeah, but, that's a powerful um, thing. Mm -hmm. But I, I wish you a ton of success, especially with all the ventures that you, everything you have your hands in. Yeah. And this well, is fun. This is my first podcast. So yeah. thank you for making it very comfortable and easy. Well, okay, here we go. I got a few more questions and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. What do you think the key to happiness is? to happiness <sighs> I don't know um, I'm I'm always I, I try to be always happy and you know what I guess the biggest thing that I had to learn was not to take myself so serious because hmm. I used to oh, oh I used to be so serious and I'd get so upset if anybody looked at me wrong or laughed at me I didn't know how to laugh with them about me, and now Got it's it. now I, ha, I I can laugh at myself so much easier, and it's so much more fun. And um, when my kids or my grandkids do silly things that I do, it's funny, and <laughs> and I've just learned to laugh with with them, and much much better. What do you enjoy doing in your free time? Uh, free time, of course. I love being with my family. Um, I love downtime. I love a lot less hectic, you know, because I've lived such a fast, hard, busy life. Um, I've gotten into yoga and Pilates, so I do a lot of that. Um, just trying to slow my brain down and my keep my body healthy. What do you think makes a good friend? Oh, lots of laughter, loyalty, someone you can share everything with. What are you most proud of in your life so far? 
all my kids, um, kids and grandkids. What do you hope to achieve in the future? That I could pass on whatever I know to make it easier for other people. Um, you know, just so that when somebody falls, hopefully that they fall on a softer, softer bed. Um, but you just don't take yourself so serious. And that's what I'm seeing is this generation, especially these younger kids, they're taking themselves so serious, which gets them so much more depressed and they're worried about they're worried about things that they shouldn't worry about mm -hmm. and if I could just help them try to get rid of those kind of stinking thinkings yeah well thank you so much Sandra for coming on I really enjoyed our conversation thank you for being open thank you for accepting the invite this really this is this is one of my good ones and I'm very <laughs> thankful uh, very thankful this was for fun. you Thank so. you. Thank you. It's uh, It was nice reminiscing. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and follow um, and just watch what we're doing here at the Felt Podcast as we continue to grow and bring these stories of growth and failure and challenges and hopefully they inspire you and inspire your young ones as you watch this and that we can all just grow together, not give up. Failures will come. Just don't give up. Failures will come. Just learn. And, you know, just, just keep it going. And, you know, like I always say, we'll see you on the next one.